SAFM has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to giving news that is accurate, comment that is fair, and programming that is not harmful, does not amount to hate speech, or contain violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. PO Box 142365 Craig Hall 2024 Fax to 011-326-3198 Or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za For more information, please visit www.bccsa.co.za Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith We are now joined by Bridge Maharaj, who is a geography professor at the University of KwaZulu-Natal and an executive member of the South African Hindu Maha Sabha. He writes in his personal capacity and we are looking at uh, Diwali. Diwali being a celebration of light by a Hindu um, um, religious uh, people and it's said to be one that is said to provide an opportunity to donate and to be charitable, donate to welfares and charities, and also for those who are philanthropists to start doing work that is uplifting for the poor and the disadvantaged in uh, these trying times. Bridge, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Patricia and listeners. Now, the Festival of Lights, Diwali, is one that is very beautiful. We enjoy looking at, uh, you know, the display of fireworks and also the festivities on the ground. But talk to us about the the, the, the scripture that compels all Hindus to engage in some form of charity. Uh, the notion of charity and uh, philanthropy and giving is, is not unique to, to Hinduism. I think all faiths. Uh, uh, you know, require, require the followers to engage in uh, in this activity. Uh, in Hinduism, uh, one is expected to engage in uh, uplifting in the poor and the disadvantaged in different ways. Uh, in terms of uh, giving, uh, you know, uh, money, giving time, providing labor according to one's own ability, and according to the scripture, these activities should be performed. Uh, selflessly, without any expectation of reward, it's it's a duty. And there's a notion that we serve the Lord by serving the poor and the disadvantaged, and serving humanity. Now, in these trying times, we've seen how uh, COVID nineteen, uh, loss of jobs, floods have really devastated and despaired, uh, put despair in our communities. When it comes to Diwali and uh, the the giving spirit during this time, how has it been, you know, displayed for our communities? I know there's a lot of organizations that have have embarked on uh, charitable and philanthropic work. Tell us about those. There's quite a few organizations. Uh, In fact, if I look at the the South African Dumasaba, for example, over the past year, uh, now the Masaba is, is the national body for Hindus, and uh, all of you know Hindu organizations are, are directly or indirectly affiliated to the Masaba. But the Masaba itself, over the past year, has uh, distributed 150 tons of food. Now that's just one organization. 
um, uh, there's another organization, uh, the Amshanga Hindu Society, just for Diwali. Uh, they distributed groceries to the value of 350000 over the past week. Uh, the, the Food for Life uh, feeds about uh, 30,000, uh, sorry, it provides about 30,000 plates of food weekly through its uh, 24 branches across the country. Uh, so these organizations are doing phenomenal work uh, in providing basic needs. But there's also empowerment. For example, the Divine Life Society for the past 20 years or more has been involved in building schools uh, in townships and in rural areas. Uh, in recent years, the Ramakrishna Center, which is based in Phoenix, has provided uh, medical support uh, uh, including medication uh, for about 29,000 patients. Uh, they, there is a very important organization called the Sarva Dharma Ashram, uh, which was founded by Swami Ram Kripananda in Walbidat, uh, which is an extremely poor area uh, adjacent to Chatsworth. Uh, and in this center, they provide primary health care clinics, computer literacy classes, empowerment opportunities for women, Institution for kids, and they also provide food for 4,000 pupils daily. Uh, these are, I think, amazing initiatives. Uh, I'm going to quote what Swami Ram Kripalanda said, especially in the context of South Africa, and these are his words. We do not know if there is a God sitting and waiting for us up in heaven, or if God is black, white, or any other color, but we see God in the poor and serve them to the best of our ability. We believe in the Hindu philosophy, which means the world is one family. And this is very similar to the notion of uh, uh, Ubuntu in, in, in traditional African philosophy. And this is beautiful because, you know, yes, um, Diwali is celebrated by Hindu um, religious people, but then the, the celebration is a celebration of giving that is touching everyone, irregardless of ethnicity, irregardless of uh, race and, and creed and, and gender. That's so correct. When it comes to the celebrations themselves, how does the Hindu community um, governize each other to make sure that everyone is in the spirit of giving during this time? Uh, obviously, each organization, uh, you know, tries to um, reach out to each congregation. That's the initial call. Uh, some reach out to, uh, to the private sector, to the business houses, etc. But I think you raise a, a bigger question, you know, how do we as a South African community uh, uh, participate or, or acknowledge uh, what is essentially called, uh, you know, Hinduism is a minority faith in, in South Africa. And I think uh, uh, the big issue is the fact that uh, these celebrations, and I'm on a bring in Eid as well, which is uh, a Muslim festival. Uh, these uh, these festivals are observed in our ethnic silos, and 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 that is because uh, it's hangover from uh, apartheid for one, because minority faiths were not recognised in the apartheid era because. It was a very narrow form of Calvinism uh, that uh, dictated that if you are not uh, a Christian, then you are a hidden. So in the post-apartheid era, the minority faiths are, are, are recognized. But I think 
we do not have a, a, a celebration. For example, if you are in Mauritius or Singapore or Malaysia, you'll, which are also multicultural societies like South Africa, you'll find that these festivals are celebrated nationally because they are declared national holidays. So one of the big challenges uh, that we have been involved in for the past 20 years is to try to persuade government to uh, uh, declare uh, Diwali and Eid as uh, national holidays. And, and therefore, we would have a multicultural celebration. And this would help, I think, in building uh, a social cohesion and breaking down you know, uh, the, the, the structural and, and social barriers which, are, which still persist. These are the hangovers on the apartheid era. Very interesting. And I think that a cause that you are looking for um, to ensure that, you know, um, Eid and Diwali are made national holidays is one that would also help South Africans um, join in in the festivities, but also understand the spirit behind it. I know that uh, you're also working, um, you know, in in regards to uh, government with the MEC of Education, Guazulu Natal, when it comes to some of the work that is being done. Maybe share this with us to show that that there is work that has been done with government to empower others when it comes to eat. You know, we, we, we definitely we work with government. There's no question. We are critical of government when it's required, but we definitely uh, work with government. For example, uh, in schools, we involve in a number of projects with providing stationery for schools, uh, providing feeding schemes for schools, and providing uniforms. And we have to do this in consultation uh, with the Department of Education. They often point us to areas of need. And, and quite often, uh, the school governing bodies and school principals also reach out. Uh, uh, you know, for example, uh, I know, you see, this whole period from September and October is very auspicious for Hindus. There are several festivals. So one of them was Navratri, where we pay homage to the female form of God. So several organizations were involved in collecting stationery for example, uh, for, for schools for the, for the disadvantaged. So, and even uh, with the, the health pro- programs, et cetera, we're working in partnership uh, with government, uh, the government sector. So in partnership with the government sector, and that is with all the work that you are currently doing. So in, 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 in the, 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 the attempt to ensure that Diwali is made into a public holiday, what are the strides that you have taken thus far? Well, we made several submissions uh, to government. The most recent one, I'm just trying to get my dates right, I think that was about five or six years ago, where the government was uh, there re-lo- re-looking at... Uh, yeah, it was in 2012, sorry. Uh, the uh, South African government uh, acknowledged that there was a need to reconsider South Africa's national holidays. And our submission was that uh, if you're looking at Boxing Day and Easter Monday, uh, they they have no real spiritual or scriptural significance from the uh, Christian faith, for example. And our submission was that if we drop to you know drop those days and then convert them to a day for Eid and Diwali respectively, that will be one way of recognizing uh, the celebrations of the of minority uh, uh, faiths. I'm aware that the government and the argument of the private sector is that we have too many uh, public holidays. We've not been successful to date, but we will persist. 
So what can those who are um, who, who celebrate Diwali and uh, uh, who celebrate Eid do to aid in uh, this uh, cause that you are, you are fighting? Well, I think all the organizations can continue to petition government to, to write to the national, uh, to the Masaba, to, to the... Uh, uh, to the uh, you know the uh, Islamic Council, for example, and I think we also need to engage with the private sector because uh, my information is the private sector has been resisting uh, uh, the request for these holidays as well. Mm. All right, it's uh, definitely a lot of work that still needs to be done. And uh, for those who are celebrating Diwali or celebrated Diwali already, um, what is your message to them to encourage them to keep on giving and not give up? Yes, certainly, there's no end to giving. Uh, I think uh, you know. I think uh, we, we most you know devout people, regardless of their religion, you know, they give to the to the end. And we have icons to follow, like uh, you know Nelson Mandela and, and Mahatma Gandhi, uh, people who served the community in so many ways, right uh, 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 to the end. And I also think when you give, um, there's a certain intrinsic satisfaction, which is beyond you know material, you know whether it's money or name and fame. Uh, I think when you see the joy in the recipients, uh, when especially. I think uh, there's a lot of focus on education because, you know, when you educate young people, you're empowering them for life and you're empowering future generations. And I think that's the area of greatest need in our country. Well, I do definitely agree with you. Thank you so very much, Bridger, for uh, penciling down that article and also for joining us this evening. Thank you, Patricia. Good night. Cheers. Well, it's a minute till the news and uh, it's uh, time for us to head on home. It's been great standing in for Naya Lupondwano on Facts of Faith.